Welcome to Life Juicy. I am your host, Mary B, and Life Juicy is a weekly inspirational moment on creating life from soul connection, from higher vibrations than the default mode most of us are operating from. When you ask yourself, but why have I done that? And the answer is, I don't know. That is the default mode I'm talking about. The driving force that makes you do things you do not really want to. So I will take you on a journey of understanding and transformation of the default mechanism into the art of creating the fulfillment you are craving for. My guests, thoughtful leaders, spiritual teachers, and successful coaches, even unknown people, will share their experiences with us. And I believe that if each of us creates our own harmonious life, this world will become a harmonious world for me, for you, for us. So if it is what you would like, let's dive in. Thank you for being here and have the courage to share your story. And uh, I just want to say that you have chosen to use another name and stay anonymous. It's a very fresh story. When you told me it was only two years ago, I'm like, wow, you have such a courage, such a courage. I admire that. So I think courage is important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is your purpose exactly? What did you want to share? What happened to you? I know what it is, but I would like you to express it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Well, I've gotten known that it's more usual than I knew before, before I remembered. Yeah. I think there is a lot of people carrying around, c- carrying their story, carrying some, yeah, some past, uh, past experience, not sharing with everyone, anyone or like holding it, you know? So, yeah. so I think it's important to, that we start, start talking about it more. It's important. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, in North America, statistics, one girl out of four have that experience and one boy out of six. That's a lot. That's a lot. And 95% of these events, that's the way I'm going to call that, (laughs) Mm. are perpetrated by people known by the children. Someone in a position of authority from the family or not, but well known by the surrounding, the very close surrounding. So I guess you are in the stats. I am. I am. To say that I, yes, I am an incest survivor. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's my close family. And and also I, I grew up in a normal family. I mean, <laughs> we had typically uh, resources in my country. And, and it's like, for me, I'm very normal. And I was surprised that it actually could happen. In my family, if you know what I mean. You mean your family would meet all the standards of what we would call a normal family where things like yeah. that don't happen. Yeah, yeah I yeah, get that. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like a strange or whatever, you know, like from the outside, we won't say that it's a strange family or people behaving. They tick all the boxes Yeah. of a normal, good family. Yeah. I get that. And nevertheless, it happened. It did. It did happen. And my journey started about two years ago, yes, as you said, when I started to remember. I had a really good year. I had um, more energy than in a long time. I, I uh, There was a, good, a lot of good things happening. I guess I felt more good and more safe than for a very long time. So this could start happening. So, so it started with some flashbacks and memories, uh, memories coming up where it kind of changed dynamics. It wasn't all... In the start, it was memories I... I kind of knew from before it was new memories, but they started to change the dynamic. I, I started questioning them more uh, than I had earlier. Earlier, I saw them as good memories. And then suddenly now, then I was two years ago, I started like, oh, but wait, there is a, for instance, being a teenager and being a lot more close to this uh, this person than 
than normal like normal boundaries would allow you know so so I could see my boundaries wasn't there and I started to questioning more so from there it went uh, the direction that I feared the most and it started I started to remember hitting I knew also about that that had happened I had always been conscious about that but now I remembered more more situation and earlier age you mean being beaten by someone like yes yeah yeah um I don't know what you call uh, like um slapping slap yeah being slapped mm. uh-huh. which in some generations are seen as you know normal a way of educating a child yeah yeah So I just remembered earlier age down to three years old where that happened. And the the person in close family that I kind of remembered that, that he suddenly lost his temper out from no, nowhere. At least I, I experienced it as from nowhere. nowhere. I could just play or do something very innocent and suddenly it happened. So, so that's where it started. And, and from there it went... Got more and more detailed as more as I worked with it. I I, I needed help to look at this because it was uh, uh, very intense. So to, together with the therapist, I was able to be safe enough to see that there was incest involved as well. Yeah. So sexual abuse. And the memory became more clear. I would I would think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's, there was a lot of details uh, getting there. And and the sexual abuse, I remember now age four, six, and nine. So I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. you know, when memories comes up, it's kind of the time is, is not apparent as it is today or like the everyday life. <laughs> so so it's, uh, I can't say that, but it happened No, I, ju- I just know that it happened those ages. And then when I was 12, I was able to end it. So, so it was um, for a long, uh, there was some years there, long period of time. How were you able to end it? Like you said, what did you do? Yeah, well, there was a l- At 12 years old? Yeah, when I was 12. And there was a lot happening before that. What I remember most was that I decided to put on weight to maybe be less attractive to the abuser. Also because uh, my mom has always been very... Uh, it's important for her to, to about weight and, you know, health and good health. And who isn't? I mean... <laughs> So we talked about that a lot. And I think she also saw that I kind of had the tendency to to eat my feelings, as you say. So I've, I had heard a lot about how bad it is to put on weight. So I guess uh, that child's brain kind of figured out, okay, then I should do that because it's not good. You know, <laughs> maybe I feel, maybe I'm less attractive for the abuse of that. Uh, so I kind of decided to use it, that And also I, I built up anger for many years and, and got physically stronger, I guess. Um, so I was able to push, push the abuser away uh, when I was 12. Like there was an attempt for, for a, a sexual abuse situation. Um, but I, I, I just remember I pushed the person away with my legs and arms and yeah put everything I had into it and yeah and it ended I didn't try again yeah it ended there yeah that's so courageous many children don't have the opportunity to do that I mean no I don't know how you found this in you but this anger needed to be used yeah and it was used <laughs> Anger can be a very good energy to absolutely help you in those situations. And most of children, they don't, they, they, they are not allowed to be angry when these things happen. And I wasn't either. I mean, I grew up in a typically family where emotions was not, it was not a lot of room for space for emotions, you know, in general, except being happy. I mean, <laughs> happy is okay. <laughs> yeah. That's when it's fake. Yeah. But I had uh, my music. Uh, I played music when I was, or violin, from age five 
So the violin became my place where emotions were allowed. It became my, my, my safe space. So I'm pretty sure that because I kept that space for myself, I kind of had a sneak space where I <laughs> was allowed to be, for instance, angry, you know. So I, I kept contact with my emotions through the music. You told me that your journey didn't really start two years ago. There was a previous phase in your life where it's like the memory that you had lost or trauma amnesia, like many people in that situation, they have that loss of memory. Mm. And that's why when it comes back, it's kind of blurry. You don't remember everything. You have a bit of this, a bit of that. And it's yeah. very... It takes time to get back, I mean, to a full spectrum if you ever get there. Mm. But you had you had some information. Yes. I will talk. I will <laughs> use that word. You had some mm -hmm. information from inside telling you something is wrong. What was it? And can you tell us about that phase of your life? I'm, I'm guessing you referred to 2011. 2011, yes. Yeah. When I, I had just been half a year living in Spain, mm -hmm. educated myself to be a meditation teach, uh, teacher. I did that because I started searching, I guess, because up till then I had mastered the violin. And this was, I mean, I guess age 10 years. I was about 30 years. Uh, up till then, I, I had experienced that playing the violin, playing music. Great. I feel good then. That was still my free space. And when I didn't, I felt a really big unbalance. Like it wasn't like that at all. I felt really depressed and, and I started questioning why. I mean, it's like it's possible to have a good time when I play music. Then it should be possible to have it like that without playing music, you know. I started questioning why it was like that. So this education in Spain was uh, one of the things I did to, to see how I could have a more balanced life, to have a better life in general. You know, not only playing music, not only while playing music. <laughs> yeah, so it's not 80% of your life. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, but to become a musician on a professional basis, of course, it's needed a lot of work. So so I would say it was more than 20%. Okay. But I had started to work and then I was able to, you know, work for four hours. That's basically what musicians do because we can't physically play a lot of more hours a day just because then we wouldn't last for many years. <laughs> it's physically limited like that. So I had four days, uh, no, four hours work and then I could do other things, you know. So it was like then I was free. I didn't need to practice as much as I had when I was studying and learning, you know. And so, so I guess I could feel that emptiness and that depression a lot more because my life was different. So after, and after Spain, I... Um, came back and I actually wasn't able to play for a while um, so I couldn't work either uh, well I got sick in my language we say hit the wall <laughs> it kind of just didn't function I was in a concert when it happened even and I, I had more than enough to hold up my violin. I couldn't move so I could play, but I could hold it. And then I was just in freeze. I couldn't move or because it was too heavy to move suddenly, uh, like an inch. And I know, I now know a lot <laughs> what happened then, but, but in that moment, I didn't have a clue. And I didn't even think that I could go home in the break, you know, of the concert. I, I kind of just sat there and pretended to play a concert because, I know, you know, I, and also I work in a, in a radio orchestra. So everything is broadcasted <laughs> uh, almost. So I'm not sure if it was on TV, but, but I'm, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. So I, you know, tried to, to fake it through the concert um but but that that became a really i mean up till then i the the one thing i had mastered more than anything was the music and then suddenly it was gone in a moment so it was very dramatic for me to to lose that 
but at the same time and looking back at it i i was ready for that because i needed to do uh some soul soul searching to have a better life in general so in that moment i had already started with spain and and things like that but then i first i kind of amped up my game on i i researched i educated myself i i started my own researching on health and how to how to get like from every angle i know of or knew of the body would not function as usual like then you had lost everything that would bring joy in your life and you you were like uh, constrained to look at what's going on with you and this meditation practice yeah and it helped me to be able to have to be calm or not always of course but but have the, have a tool to use one of the biggest diagnoses i had which lasted for some months was uh, fatigue so i was in bed for a few months and that means i couldn't sleep during night and then it was really nice to have this tool you know because then i was like okay at least i can meditate and then so instead of getting really angry or you know you can be irritated and just to not get to sleep during nights it's it's not a fun thing so but i was able to like and i have something else i can do instead so so it helped me to accept the situation a little bit more so i'm really happy it happened after <laughs> starting to <laughs> gather these tools you think it was the way that your body was trying sure. to explain For what sure. happened to you i know now that traumas the body stores them the brain cells stores them captures them and hides them until it's it's time to do differently or look at them basically so this was a time where i i was forced to have a look on and learning about that i learned a lot about the brain i learned a lot about traumas i started to look at my traumas uh, in a more conscious conscious way than earlier and i also educated myself tool for musicians on how to move physically in a really good way while playing for many hours i mean it's a very static job so it's good to know what serves the body and not in that work so i started a lot of new things in that period during that period of time did you have uh, memories of i would say the main trauma or absolutely not not at all no it was just the body saying yeah <laughs> i got stuck somewhere and you have to do something about it <laughs> the only thing was that when this person came up to mind in while working with traumas Uh, it was very black. I, I remembered the good memories, mm -hmm. and the rest was black. And I was kind of questioning that, but it, it wasn't. It was out of reach. We live, we grow up, we grow, and we experience things. And I guess it was one of the first times I felt safe enough. It was okay that I experienced something differently than the others in the same room at the same time. You know. So suddenly I was allowed to, for instance, uh, dinner with my parents and, and uh, they had a, a argument. They, they call it an argument. I called it a fight, like, <laughs> or they call it a discussion. And I call it an argument where I felt that I, they wanted me on uh, to choose, choose one of them. And I like, I was like, I don't want to do that. And but my feelings and my situation in that dinner was there was no space for me because they were, you know, in this discussion and in this they had more than enough on their own. And and very often I got angry and uh, hit the door behind me and went down and played with the violin. And then I could react and have my emotions come. Uh, but in this session, in the therapy I did in 2011, I could go to those memories and have those feelings in this, you know, while it was happening and I could have do it all over again. I guess it's a lot. It's a lot that it's about, you know, to, yeah. to take back what wasn't allowed or wasn't safe enough in the situation. 
some specialists, they say that it is to release the emotions that we're stuck and they are stuck in the body. Yes. And that's why people, people like us, one of my symptoms as well, becoming an adult was ache, like a joint ache, not able to move mm. a limb, for instance. And you don't know why there's no reason everything's going well but i mean the body's talking i'm like no something happened you need to remember so yes the body does that and that's one of the typical journey of a survivor so how long did you take to heal that part the body aspect uh, of after it? Mm -hmm. two and a half years i did work a little bit before that uh, but after two and a half years mm -hmm. i got half of my position back at work so i was able to work 50 uh, i don't know how many years it took before i i started doing more things beside that but um at least three or four years ago i've been in a full position again or a full job so it means 2018 so between 2011 and 2018 you were healing the body Yeah, so seven years. Somehow, yeah. and some aspects of your life, some peripheric aspects of the main subject. Mm, yeah, and learning a lot about helps a lot because... You mean about how trauma happens? Okay. Yes, yeah, and how the body, why the body reacts and says, uh, hello, I need some attention now. <laughs> why does that uh, helps a lot because one thing is that to look at what's stored And the traumas. And another thing is to become better and better to handle when you look at it, you know, to not have in the start, they have a lot of resistance to it, you know. And so it's to learn how to also handle it in a better way. Uh, for me, it's a lot about that. So, and that takes some, I mean, it takes time. But, but I have to say, I'm really fascinated about the body and the brain and how it works and how intelligent it is and how i think it's so much so interesting to live with this commun this kind of communication with my body and brain because there is always a reason for things and so after the healing you went back to a kind of normal life would say i would say and then in 2020 the memory came back was yes was there 2019 an event or something that triggered that or it just came like the body like oh you're ready now knock knock it's time or was there an external event something that triggered it I can't remember uh, an external event, no. But as I said earlier, I my guess is that I had the best time in a long while. And I, I was in a good space. And my life, yeah, it was good. And from there, I guess having a good time, you start relaxing and, and things like that can happen, I guess. At least I've... I've read a lot about that, <laughs> that it can for more than me. <laughs> so I guess my external situation was having a good time and just, you know, relaxing with friends and having friends I trusted and, you know, things was good. So uh, how did this memory, the fact that they came back, how did that change your life facing the shock? I mean, it was a shocking. Mm, big shock, yes. How did you handle that? And how that, did that change your whole life? Because for me, I describe it like a, a tsunami. I mean, it just comes and yeah. poof, everything is wiped off. Really? I remember, I remember being at work the same period. It was nice for me to play, having these things going on. But I felt like a zombie. You know, like I've had like paralyzed part of the day and I was like, I was not functioning Dimali. So I had to co tell a few of my co-workers that what was happening just to explain that I'm not a zombie, but this is happening. <laughs> and and I just, uh, just so you know, if I, I had trouble focusing, I had like, it was a lot going on all the time. I can't decide when to take time off from when flashes like that started. It's on repeat or it's like I, it's it's doing what it needs to. And the best thing is to let it um, in my experience, which is can be exhausting. It's not yeah, kind of called my crisis team <laughs> because, yeah, I've used, you know, seven years. 
seven, eight, nine years, I don't know how many years, I used to to uh, gather tools and also good person to to have to help me. So I called my therapist and I got uh, some a psychologist uh, sessions, uh, a new person like a yeah. Um, Specialist specialized in um, sexual abuse. Uh, no, she wasn't. It was through this system here, and I was actually not sick enough f- to get a specialist. That's interesting enough, but uh, I know it. It wasn't a, about. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't about to die. If you know, it wasn't a, a uh, emergency, so so I couldn't get a specialist through the system. So that never happened. So, but I uh, didn't. I knew I need help. So. And then I will go private then. So, yeah. So I got help from a, uh, a nurse and trauma trauma uh, therapist. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I had good help for that. So my days was basically working, trying to be functioning as normal as I could and not sitting uh, too long alone with flashbacks going on because I was it wasn't possible for me to uh, when when it's not safe enough for memories to come they kind of just go in loop you know you know uh, yeah. yeah yeah it's like putting the repeat button over and over and over again but when it's safe then it can spin out you can have mm-hmm. help for it to spin out and and leave <laughs> mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so that that's why it was important to get help and yeah so i had a lot of help someone to lean on <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely necessary that's a message when these things happen, you really need to find uh, whatever specialist that can help you. Trauma specialist, sexual abuse specialist, someone that uh, creates a, a safe space mm. for you to be able to handle these memories. They are, yeah. This, yeah. It's, it's really stuck everywhere in yeah. your psyche, in your body, in your emotional field, in your everywhere. Mm. So they need, and uh, there is something also, it's really hard for the body to relieve these, um, to live again, these memories, because the amount of chemicals Mm. that the body um, creates during this type of events can kill Mm. the body. Mm. That's what the specialist told me, tells me. Well, yeah. So, yeah, it's really hard and we need someone beside us when mm. that happens. Otherwise, you. Well, I can honestly say that I'm pretty sure it couldn't happen. I couldn't have remembered as detailed as I do now without help because I wouldn't have functioned. I wouldn't. I mean, when the fir- first flashes came, I almost couldn't put on clothes in the morning because mm. that the brain was so occupied on the traumas that that putting on clothes was a difficult task you know <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh, so you feel kind of crazy even if you understand that it's not what it's about but it just haven't capacity for more than it already does so it's uh, yeah and did you know since the beginning when you started to have the flashes, did you know that it was the truth? Um, I was hoping it was not true. You know, it's because it's a worst case scenario unraveling in front of me or inside me. Uh, I really was hoping it was a lie and hoping it was all, uh, you know, imagination or something I don't know but 
but I remember the first first memory. Um, and also I have to say the importance of resources. We have building resources, like feeling safe in this kind of work. Um, we had been uh, around the first memory I remembered, we had been building resources for ages, like so long because there was so much fear so much uh, like it was i yeah it didn't help with my my therapist uh, was there but we kind of you know used everything we could like i brought a, a picture of a old uh, paths and i you know all the good things in my life i could use we used <laughs> to build enough resources uh, and when, while that first memory uh, unraveled, um, I could feel a lot of like, uh, yeah, the first situation with abuse or sexual abuse. At the same time, I fully uh, allowed it to to come up. I remember like about i don't know many thousand memories other memories just pieces uh, fell on place like i i could it all made sense it all like ah oh, of course that's why that's why i had this uh, neighbor kid i was playing with and i suddenly asked him to uh, almost have sex with me without i knew what like uh, i didn't understand why I did that you know because I thought I didn't know what it was and then it all made sense all these small signs I kind of had questioned uh, there were so many things put in place and fell on place then so it's for me it's more the resonance about the memory that that kind of proves why it can't be a lie. It's like uh, the whole picture of your life or things that happened, the memories that you had you had kept. Mm. They with the blurry ones coming back into the picture, you were able to understand. And you address a very important thing. Like children who have sexual behavior before a normal, I mean, before being a teenager, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and would ask questions like that or would mm -hmm. try things like that uh, yeah. I know in my in my country they call it play mom and dad mm -hmm. but um, it's not coming from nowhere aware there is no smoke without a fire somewhere and it's it comes usually from a place mm. where so too. Uh, something maybe happened mm -hmm. you know and you have to investigate as an adult when you see this kind of behavior. For sure. That's, uh, I, I, I really hope more, more parents can do that. Because I think uh, when a child comes up with, with um, physical things in an early age, or like, you know, just you, you feel that something is a little bit weird in the dynamic, in what the kid comes with, or yeah, the child comes with. It's, I don't think it ever comes from imagination. It comes from somewhere. Of course, it can, it, of course, it can be more or less innocent what what the memory is from or situation is from but but i my wish is that more more parents dare to be stay open and curious about what like stay open with your kid and and let it be whatever it is i i understand it can, why it's difficult to do that <laughs> because you don't want your kid to have a experienced a bad thing but but as sooner and safer the kid has its life it's uh, as better better i didn't have that so so it took me about 35 years do you remember 
So my wish is to, uh, of course, not happen at all. But if it happens, be addressed early, you know, so it's possible to have a great life or a better life at least. Yeah. So last time you told me that you had like two years where you were not able to go to uh, the family house when it started, you were not able to go there anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that aspect also? Because you had to protect yourself from... Yes. And also it, I told, I confronted the abuser and, and my family and, you know, I told them what I was remembering. And um, Did you get any support from them? I would say no, but it's not like I didn't have it either because it was just very difficult for everyone and everyone handles that in their own way. I had I had one person who was got really angry at me. Uh, so um, and I felt like I've always felt like an outsider in my family or like the black sheep and the one I'm also the youngest one like I've done things a bit differently and I've asked questions the other haven't asked and you know I've just done it differently and it can be a challenge for some people but I can understand that it was this was challenging for everyone you know it's not a normal normal phone call to have not for me and not for them and they tried they tried they tried to someone responded with not talking with me at all and someone responded with letting me know that they were there but not daring to ask too much or like I think they felt that I needed space and I I'm pretty sure I said that too <laughs> because it was all very overwhelming so and you know my family was around me when this was happening so so it's so they were kind of involved indirectly or directly in in the memories and that made it more different so time was uh, space was needed yes uh, for sure did they have an idea or did they realize that they were kind of complicit to the situation or they have no clue i don't think they want to even go there to find out i mean to become conscious about their role in it. And I mean, some of them thinks I'm lying, which is uh, one way to handle it. And <laughs> and I would say that it's actually maybe the abuser himself that, that I've had. Confronted it, you said. Yeah, or not, now I would say my relation to the abuser is uh, he's not mad, he's not angry, he's not like, and he's not, he, he doesn't remember but he doesn't deny. And I think that that's how it is now. And that's where we're at, which is uh, which is not the worst, I would say. But I, I don't know if it would be worse I, I, because I haven't experienced anything else. <laughs> but, but that's where we're at. The healing of the trauma, the shock that happened to you influenced your life in many ways. Where are you at with that? Like in terms of your personal life, what has changed? How did you grow with that knowledge that you have now about yourself? Yeah, well, as you said, it's only been two years or two and a half soon. Um, so it's not that long. But I would say that a lot has happened happened in that time <laughs> so it has been a lot about relations surprisingly enough maybe not <laughs> so I feel that I'm learning a new way of relating that is not abusive and it's not only the sexual abuse relationship I'm talking about here because I have used the same way not the same way physically but the same dynamic as abusive relations in all my relationships in all my relations friends and family and everyone that's how my nerve system and four-year-old and six-year-old and 12-year-old have known to relate so for me it's been a lot about learning for the first time what and I haven't learned it fully at all but I know a little bit more what a healthy relation is now and I'm also learning a lot about boundaries And it's in the relation-wise too, you know, it's it's good to have healthy boundaries in a relationship or a relation with anyone. So so those two, I would say, is the most important 
topics that I'm learning about. And I recognized, for instance, that I was into environment that I couldn't support anymore. I recognized that, oh, ah, is this what I'm in? Okay, bye. <laughs> like, so two big groups uh, I was in, I ended like I couldn't support the communities anymore because of it was strengthening my unhealthy way of relating in those groups and that was kind of what they were addressing so I can also see that this is a collective there is something collective about how we relate to each other in this world that is not good in general like there's a big percentage uh, I have no clue what the percentage is but what I see in the on the outside now is that I think there is a lot of relationships in this world uh, that are kind of abusive not in a necessarily physical way but mental or psychologically and I'm not up for that you know so I really want something else and and I can Thank, thank my trauma or and trauma work to know that, you know, be conscious about. Kind of helps you to build a new life, a new way to relate to people and to yourself, I guess. For sure. Yeah. No, and also that's what, I mean, we have talked about these things earlier and this is our second chat, you know, and that's because of, I needed a second chance because it's, uh, it's so easy to, to allow something I haven't thought really through. And I need more time maybe than others to really know what I agree to and what I... Yeah, so it's a lot to myself to, to be clear in my communication what I need and maybe and be okay with me needing more time than others or, you know, to really know what's okay and not... So. Exactly. It is very, very important to address that because, you know, when you, you were talking about the boundaries and it's a kind of respect for ourselves, what works for us and what do not work for us. And it was obvious that with the first take that we had, we were not comfortable. And it was even for me to recognize, oh my God, we don't want to add anything to what already happened, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the responsibility. And it's our responsibility as uh, survivors of this type yes, of event to absolutely. be able to address that and to put the boundaries and to clarify what, what is acceptable for us, what is not. Otherwise, nobody's going to do it for us. Yeah. And they will not if and we don't those, address it. And, and uh, so it's mm. not too late to learn it, but, but I feel I'm a new beginner in learning it. So... <laughs> I have a lot to uh, lot to learn. <laughs> and how do you how do you see your life from now? Yeah, well, I have a longing to, I guess, some a life which a lot of people already have experienced for a long time in my age. With, uh, but it's mostly the private life, like the personal life, having my family in some way, uh, partner. And how our that family looks like. I mean, I'm in my 40s and maybe it means that I can't have any children. I don't know. But, but it's, um, that's basically what I long for, to, to find my people and have my really safe and creative space, home base. It's not that I don't have that on my own. But, but still it's what I'm, these relations are so important and it's the big topic, you know, for me. So, so I long for this, uh, this um, balanced and, and constructive uh, relations. And I have a few, I have a few, but I want a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot more it's like we built built a life for, from a better place like you have a better foundation now and it's possible now to build something new yeah it is it is and it's a lot better too you know it's an it's just another quality of life and i'm really happy to have the chance to do that um because i don't think anyone everyone gets that chance and i have that and i'm gonna take that like you know i'm gonna use it <laughs> so i guess it's relations and just continue learning what uh, and not take for granted how i think it's supposed to be because my nerve system is coded from 
my past experiences and so, so I just need to see <laughs> how it can be different like you need to learn to learn new ways of being mm-hmm. you mentioned that at 12 years old you decided to put weight mm. on and last time you explained to me where you were at with this teenage decision that was kind of unconscious but conscious at mm. the same time and you were dealing with that also and I, I know it is it is a it is something that happened to many women who had this experience in their life somehow they decided that I'm going to protect myself mm. and I'm going to use my body to protect yeah. myself so where are you at with that now well I'm still uh, overweight Uh, or what you say highly overweight and I'm actually this year going on a rehab for that so so things are happening with that and I'm actually experienced maybe for the first time I mean on I don't know how many diets and how many courses to to go yeah to lose weight but this time with 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 the abuse out there being conscious of that uh, it looks like for now for now uh, that I'm on a new direction with that too like I feel that it's more I found a key a necessary key because now I lose weight in a more natural and effortless way uh, than I have before so I hope it continues like that because it's not like It's not like I really need to lose weight to feel good. It's not that kind of uh, thing, but but, uh, it's not good to carry so much. You know, it's heavy to go carry so much weight. And and I want to, I'm kind of starting to live, you know. So, of course, it's, it's, it's natural. It's time, you know, to, it would be weird if the weight wouldn't go away as well. I'm kind of, you know letting things go also the weight so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited on that actually because the, especially the last um, half a year a lot have happened with that so and maybe one day I will write my weight a, a book about that topic because I think it's needed I think it's um, so much talk about food and movement with overweight And that's uh, just a small part of it. There's all the emotional part. Of yeah, it. it's it's important. Uh, I, I was visiting um, the hospital about this overweight some time ago. And I asked, where is the psychologist in this apartment? And then the nurse looked at me and said, well, I'm sorry, but we don't have. Uh, it's not included. And it's been my wish for about 20 years, she said. And that kind of, you know, creates the picture of how, where it's at and how, how yeah, so that's my, uh, on this rehab, there is a psychologist and I'm for sure, sure going to address how important it is because uh, there is, a, uh, I mean, for instance, not having boundaries and not, and kind of eating your feelings, emotions, not being, it's, you know, we have been talking about it. It's it's natural that you get overweight when your life is like that. You need to put your emotions somewhere. You need to handle your life somehow. And so some people handle it that way. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. And also it's very difficult to let that go when it's safety, you know, like the the way we want to live our life in the world, we don't want to feel unsafe all the time, even though we do. When we have this uh, sexual abuse as a child, you live your whole life as an insecure person. That's the, that's the base of it. But there are some make coping mechanisms that helps you to, to go through it or to fake, I mean, to have the impression of being safe. And this, this is one of them. There are other. I for ones. sure have felt more protected and more grounded and more safe with my with having a lot of weight. For sure, it's been my uh, how how I've protected myself. So yeah. Do what would you like to add for the people who are going to listen to us? What would you like to tell them? Well, I've already said my prayers to the parents out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to your child and stay open. And you said, be curious, be curious about what be they curious. say. 
I think that's really important. Even if what the child tells you is not completely true, just for the child to have feel safe with you is uh, the most important. So, yeah, so the, don't don't have a hang up on the details. So that, I guess that's it. And then also there is help. Know that there is help. If you are someone who have experienced similar things than me uh, as me, there is, at least in my country, uh, you can call different numbers to have emergency help. And there is organizations. There is actually, I'm surprised how many there is. Again, I guess that kind of says how often this happens. And also build on the good things in your life, like start building resources with uh, looking on who are you, who do you feel safe with in your life and hang with those, you know, be with those people. And then maybe slowly you start opening in your own pace time uh, when it, when you're ready. Don't force uh, force anything. I guess that's my, yeah, my... Your contribution. Yeah. I welcome all that. And I, I really want to acknowledge your courage to be here and to have there to ask me, can we do it again? Can we do it differently? Mm-hmm. I really want to acknowledge that it is. And it was important for me as well to respect your request and to offer you that space. And I just want to convey that it is so difficult to face this type of reality, but we need, we absolutely need to be surrounded by love and, and compassion and understanding because the the healing path is quite mm. long. I mean, it's like almost 10 mm. years what you were sharing, first the body and then finally the core of the memories mm. were able to come back and it takes mm. years, it takes years. Yeah, not necessarily as many as me for everyone. But, but for me, I guess it, it's just, just how much fear there was in my system, you know, how I really need to needed to be reassured that it's safe enough now. It's okay. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, thank you for doing this. It's important. You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, thank you for listening for this episode of Life Juicy. If you liked what you heard today, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, you can message me directly on marybe@lifejuicy.love. M-A-R-I-E-B at L-I-F-E J-U-I-C-Y dot L-O-V-E Thank you for listening.